Welcome to Three is a Crowd. I'm Julie. And I'm Terence. So, how does anyone decide to have another kid? We're a couple debating this decision for ourselves and inviting you to listen in. It's not weird. It's a little bit weird. So, we're actually going to release this thing. It seems like <laughs> it's because there are people listening to it right now, apparently. Welcome to our first episode. We are sitting here today, uh, having recorded this months ago and finally listening to it for the first time um, because this is an incredibly personal set of episodes that we're about to let you listen into. Yeah, and I think that's the, the point is that it's personal, so... Even though we are so glad that you are joining us through this journey as we grapple with whether or not we should have a third child, we're not giving any advice. We're mm-hmm. not telling you how you should come up with this decision or how to deal with having a third child or not having a third child or whatever the next number is for you. We're just realizing that this is a very complex conversation that we have been struggling with actually for years. And we surely can't be alone. We have to be amongst a lot of couples who are having this debate about having their first child or second child or third child or whatever and it it would be great for us to not have this conversation in isolation from each other so we're going to let you into how our debate is going yeah we're making the assumption that other couples are having this conversation around the dinner table we just happen to own some audio equipment (laughs) and have an interest in creating podcasts and so we decided to press record on it so this is our conversation and again we're making the assumption that people around the world have these similar conversations um, when they're deciding whether or not to expand their family and this episode is the introduction to us formally pressing record on as Terence said um, a conversation that we've been having in earnest for the last couple of years um, but have decided to sort of ramp it up ramp it up this year okay here we go episode one of three's a crowd so, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> With these microphones in front of us. I know, it feels very official for us to be recording this in the evening. Okay, so, I brought you here tonight to discuss a little proposition. With you. <laughs> Why okay, are you even talking about this? Okay, first thing, first thing first. It's important to note when we eventually come back to this recording that I have lost my voice and I don't normally sound like a man. You don't sound like a man now. I do. You don't. You don't. You sound wonderful. You sound just right. No, I really am getting over a bit of a nasty cold. Um, so hopefully as this progresses, I'll sound You'll significantly sound better. S- smoother and sweeter. More optimistic as we come closer to our decision. This episode, we want to give context to this big decision that we're trying to make. Mm-hmm. Maybe we need to start with some background. Okay. Okay. Give the people the background. <laughs> so, this year, we would have been married for 14 years. Yes. End of the year. On the 3rd of October. 3rd of October, we celebrate 14 years of marriage. Woohoo! Cheers to us. Yeah. Winning. Big wine glasses. Clink. Yeah. Okay. Feels like 14 minutes. Oh. I don't know Underwater. It's <laughs> dumb. Okay. 14 years of marriage plus four years together before that yeah so, so that's literally years. half of your life yeah so full disclaimer i think age is going to be a thing we're going to be talking about on here quite a bit i'm th- i've just turned 36 you are 38 <laughs> not 37 no, as I keep, telling, keeps telling everyone he's still 37 not because i'm trying to be younger just because i 
forgot that I did. That you had yes. a birthday this year, which yeah. is that insignificant. Okay. And we have two children. Liam is nine and Eli is seven. We'll be eight later this year. Since we're giving context, mm-hmm. Liam was adopted, um, not because of us struggling to fall pregnant for a whole bunch of different reasons. Mm-hmm. I feel that's important mm-hmm. to know that. And um, while we were going through the process of adopting Liam, oh. as we're getting to the end of that process, Liam was about nine months old. Liam was nine months when we had, when the adoption was, was finalized, finalized. And he was 11 months old when I found out I was pregnant. With what would become... Eli. Eli. Yes. <laughs> so at that time, uh, I was 29, 30, you were 27, 28. I was 28, yeah. And uh, all these things kind of just happened <laughs> to mm-hmm. us. At least looking back, it feels like us becoming parents, not just to one child, but to two children, mm-hmm. was definitely just a bit of a roller coaster that got started. That mm-hmm. we, we jumped on the roller coaster willingly. We did. But but once the roller coaster got started, yeah, the, the we momentum had no took over. It was like whiplash. Yeah, we were holding on tightly. You fall pregnant with Eli, mm-hmm. and the first trimester goes by fairly smoothly. Mm-hmm. Second trimester, things start to get a little bit uncomfortable, but still, as second trimesters go, no, second trimester got quite uncomfortable. Only towards the, towards the very end. No, from 17 weeks, I was at the chiropractor every week. Because remember, I said at some point when my bump came out, I couldn't like walk. Oh, yes. We forgot about that. Julie also has an incredibly bad back. I do back, have a bad back. Like a really weak back. So any extra pressure. Yeah. Immediately, it's like huh. a collection of loose pebbles instead of a spine. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> okay. So that was every week. Yes. And then I also had the eye thing happen. That was also in the second trimester still. I don't even remember the eye thing. What was the eye thing? The eye thing was when the words started dancing on the page. Yes. And I couldn't see. There were gaps missing. And I went, ran off to the ophthalmologist, my, my optometrist who didn't, he was like, it must be a pregnancy thing because there's nothing visual. But it was, it was pressure. It, it, was, was, it was blood pressure that was mm-hmm. causing problems, which should have been our first <laughs> big clue as to what was to come. But when I was going for my antenatal appointments at that point, they were still, at the time, they were tracking normally. Yes. So, so it was sporadic. So as most people in our situation would do, we're doing all the healthy things. We're going for all the regular checkups. We're caring for mom and baby properly, looking after everyone in the family's mental health as best we can. Uh, maybe not mental health, but physical health definitely yeah. as best we can. Um, despite that, though, third trimester arrives. Yeah. And looking back now, we could see how bloated you were. Because of of the amount swollen, of the yeah, swollen you were, because swollen. of all the water you were carrying, yeah. um, we didn't notice. Because obviously, when you're when you're, you're experiencing you're yourself, it. when you're in it, um, also your first pregnancy, we probably didn't really know any better. I mean, I felt. I mean, I, I work in the maternal kind of health and well being space, so I thought I knew quite a bit, but I was obviously ignoring it when it came to my own situation. We ended up. I ended up. Um, having to have an emergency cesarean section at 36 weeks with Eli. Um, yeah, which was which was traumatic. It happened in the nighttime. Um, he was really tiny. Thankfully, he didn't need any NICU support. Um, but he had, yeah, it, it was, you know, he, he wasn't doing very well in there. So I think once he was out, I think he was actually much healthier on the outside. Um, and suddenly we were 
two two for two two under two two under two two under 18 months um <clears throat> and this is why this context is important because in making this decision this history taints <laughs> our, yeah. our, our our the reasons why we're making these choices um <laughs> For, for how you, does it taint you? I was about to say, how does it taint for you, babe? Well, it's interesting because yeah. the same experience has a different reaction from either totally. of us. You know? So I can say for me, that whole experience makes me go, I don't want to roll the dice again. Yeah. I feel like we got lucky. I feel like it was really difficult. It put literally your life on the line. Mm. And I don't want to see that. I don't feel like that anything is worth that risk. Mm. Whereas if speaking on your behalf... Mm -hmm because we spoke about this before for you it's a lot more like you didn't have a great birthing story it it didn't end as joyfully <laughs> as you maybe hoped it would have and you would like another crack at, <laughs> at it yeah, <laughs> it sounds so it sounds so like i mean that's obviously just a, a tiny i'm not no, no, but that, not just wanting a third child so that so that I can fall pregnant again, but, but, but there, there is, is an element of that. that absolutely where I'm like, uh, a few reasons. Yeah, the birth itself, although it was an incredible experience, actually because I I did provide I was provided with incredible healthcare and amazing support. Um, and you got to see your husband at his best. I did. You're very. I was so. Very, I was all over sweet. the place. But the whole pregnancy. I mean, I I I don't. I, I didn't feel like I savored it. It sounds so cliche, but I don't think I savored it as much as I would have liked to because... You had a one-year-old. We had a one-year-old and um, a very busy job. Still a busy job, um, but it was really hectic. Um, my team was half the size, so there was a lot of... Um, there was a lot of extra responsibility in the weight of that. Um, I mean, I've got like behind-the-scenes footage of us shooting a little like documentary uh up by um silver mine and it was the week before i gave birth and i was so pregnant and so unwell and i should not have been climbing in like my croc shoes that i was like because my feet were so swollen and i was so unwell um and we lived in a small apartment uh you know it was just a it was a really intense i almost feel like i yeah we were just in the throw of babies and um as much as this pregnancy was really exciting, it wasn't something that we actively chose. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> which doesn't mean, again, that we weren't, I mean, obviously we, we absolutely adore both of our kids. Um, obviously. <laughs> of course. No, of course we do. But, and we did, and I was really excited once we got over the initial shock. But I think it's, you know, you, you, you are sort of fed this, I don't know, well, I think girls, women, for the most part, are fed this sort of dream of this, making this decision about when you choose the various journeys of motherhood and even though everything in my line of work leads me to believe that that option of like actual control and choice is quite limited to a select few you know it's not something that happens many many women come to motherhood um in ways that they they weren't expecting um and sometimes you know we're really not wanting um so it wasn't that but I didn't get to like, there was no trying to fall pregnant. There was no, which of course, as even as I say that, I know that for many people go, oh my gosh, Judy, you're so lucky. You didn't even have to try. Yeah. Um, but you, but it came in a hectic are, time. You are also a bit of a control freak. I am. And the idea of something this monumental happening 
out of your timing and out of your out of your choose not out of your choosing yeah it's not something that you are comfortable with generally and yet obviously i've been totally proved wrong that it all was you know i wouldn't go back and change any of it because i think even though at the time it was like look at this crazy age gap between our children we had two babies we thought our eldest we thought liam was do you remember how big we thought liam was we thought that liam was like a 22 year old <laughs> the no. way we spoke to him and the way we just like expected him to you are a big brother you now. are a big brother now you have to deal with all Lead these extra, the way yeah, older you know, child we expect to have to, you know we have these these heavy expectations and every time now we look back at photos of him or little videos of him when he around about when Eli was born and he's like barely he was so tiny he was barely speaking he still has all of his baby fat he still had like patchy hair because he would obviously take so many naps like a little baby yes. and so the hair would like you know where yeah. it's like patchy on the side he, from was, where having, he was still using dummies he's, he had his dummy until he was just before his fourth birthday nappies bottles he was still a baby I mean he was super talkative and mobile and but he was a baby 18 months old and look like, like you're saying people could be listening to this and going you guys have had it so lucky I yeah. can't believe you're complaining about this we're not complaining we're not firstly because our, uh, we're very happy with the way our lives have turned out again this is just for context yeah. um, and we were very lucky that we got a lot of support from our we family did. we did from friends people who came to support us throughout the pregnancy mm -hmm. and, and, and that after. Eli you know despite the scary you know situation around the last few weeks of my pregnancy and his birth he was healthy at birth he didn't need additional support we were able to come home he was, you know, he, he had a few little health complications after that. But he was, for the most part, we kind of, it was relatively yeah. easy. And he's also an incredibly good-looking child. Aww. So this is the other uh, slightly more <laughs> whimsical reason that Julie has thrown at me <laughs> for us to have number three. Is that so far... We make beautiful kids. <laughs> or beautiful kid. We've made one. We've made one. Beautiful one kid. One. <laughs> and again, this is so interesting. This whole journey for me has been really interesting about how we can both look at the same thing and come to a completely different conclusion. Because you go, you go look at this incredibly beautiful child who's funny and smart and kind a lot of the times and has made our lives so much better why wouldn't we want more of this <laughs> you know why would we want to try and make more of this and i go we got lucky yeah and maybe the next one and this sounds horrible isn't as cute because <laughs> not all children totally. not all siblings are equally cute and That's beautiful totally true right like i feel bad for my siblings <laughs> i knew you were gonna say that <laughs> let's hope they don't listen to this Oh, they will. Probably I'll, for I'll, many reasons. I'll send, yeah. it, I'll send it to them. So, 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 you know, our boys are nine and seven mm -hmm. now. Um, we have got to a point where at first we were really struggling with that age gap, that eight, that 16 month age gap. 18 months. 18 months? Mm -hmm. Is it 18 months? 18 month age gap. It feels like 16. Because I'm so <laughs> yeah. Uh, but now we're at a point where we love that age gap. We do. We, we feel yeah. very lucky because they get along really well. They play with each other. They really do have their best friend sleeping in the bed next to them, mm -hmm. in, in the room with them. Um, and we don't have to entertain them anymore because they have each other. Totally. So, so, and then things like clothes, things like school stuff, you know, it's, they're a, they're a greater part. It's 
pretty great at this point. Now you want to throw in I know. another baby seven years afterwards. I know. And by, you know, saying that miraculously we were to fall pregnant, you know, soon, there would be eight years between our, you know, the baby and our, you know, what would be our middle child, which is a big age gap. Um, and, and I must say, I've often looked, you know, there's a few people we know who've sort of had that kind of, or different, you know, friends in the online world who've had that sort of age gap. I've always wondered like, hmm, that couldn't have been planned. Well, <laughs> you know, a, a good example of that is me. Yeah. You know, so talking about context, I'm six years below my brother and 14 years below my sister. So huge, huge age gaps. Hmm. And I really felt that. By the time I was 12, both of my siblings were out of the house, effectively. Mm. I mean, not out of the house, but they were, you know, my brother was going to varsity and what 18, 19 year old wants to spend any time with his preteen mm. smelly brother. My sister was like married and starting her own family already at that point. You know, so I felt that I felt like an only child a lot of the time with parents who were older and we're kind of like, we've done this before. <laughs> we don't the need novelty, to go. The it's like, yeah, he's cute and great and everything. But oh, my word, he takes so much energy. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So I'm not a massive fan of the massive age gaps. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I hear you. So, so what's interesting, I mean, obviously, you know, there is a lot more to be explored. Hopefully we'll be able to do a good job of that. Do <laughs> these conversations. I mean, our boys are keen for a sibling. Um, okay, but... But are they? I think so. I think Eli is specifically. He's Eli, really Eli's mean. not keen for a sibling. Eli's keen for a subordinate. <laughs> okay. Eli <laughs> does not want to be the youngest both. child. True, true. He does not want to be the youngest, but I think he really wants a sibling. So, okay. Again, context for our boys. They are very good with, with babies, with little kids. Eli especially mm. is very enamored with babies and and likes to spend time with them and likes to try and feed them and hold them um liam loses interest quite quickly yeah but he loses interest with pretty much everything other than sports very quickly so so that doesn't mean anything but he is again when he is paying attention to kids he's very yeah, kind and gentle of course, they're both very very kind sweet boys i only can look at our other friends who have bigger age gaps you know they've got two and a, 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 a little one behind and you know, I, I do think there's an element of that that is obviously your child's personality and then that's sort of like whatever your family dynamic is. I think it's a fine line. A friend said to me the other day that, you know, her sister was a lot younger uh, than her and her her parents put a lot of, I think it was nine years age gap or something, ten years. Her parents put a lot of the child caring, like, responsibility on her to, like, she said when her baby sister was like two, she was having to, her, the expectation was that as a 12-year-old, she would bath her sister every night. Oh, yeah. Um, And, you know, in the context on its own, is that a bad thing? Maybe not, you know. Is it wrong to help our siblings? No, but but she did feel like it was a bit of a burden in terms of the other bit. So so there is that worry. Um, I get that. But at the same time, then you see other stories of, of older siblings really just showing up, you know. Um, and, and kind of getting this extra dose of a requirement to be an empathetic, kind 
sensitive human being, you know, and I don't think that that's a wrong thing when it comes to preparing you for the world, you know, where it's not like your individual childhood journey is the be all and end all. Like, is it, is it a bad thing that you are, you have responsibilities um, and, and, and um, not again, obviously we're not the kind of parents who are going to make our kids raise their sibling, but I also think, you know, the childhood component is a short space of time. And yes, you were a lot younger than your siblings, but your siblings have, you know, they've got your back. And, you know, there's that element of like now that you're adults, there's one other pair, you know, there's one other sibling to take care of your mom, you know, if that's required. Or, you know, you're kind of spreading the family load amongst more people than just two. <laughs> two. I mean, I, I that think feels, that's... That feels like such a uh, an old school, like, um, way of thinking about, you know, oh, we better have lots of kids so that they can... Because all the kids will look after us in our old age. Like, I, I'm not saying, I mean, I think we work really hard on like trying to save for our retirement. Like, and the reality is our, ch- our children, by the time our children are adults and we are old and decrepit, I think financially they are not going to be able to like support us or help us I, in I'm any way. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying even just the emotional responsibility, you know, I think it's a, and maybe it will change, but I, I always, you know, that was always one of the concerns I had about having, you know, only one child is that that's a lot, that's a lot of responsibility to put on one child, you know, whereas if they've got a sibling, they've got a buddy to yeah. kind of share the load. But they have a sibling and, uh, you know, we're, we're going to have an episode where you can lay out all of your arguments and mm-hmm. we'll have an episode where I can lay out all of my arguments. But just in response to the idea of, of responsibility that comes with having a sibling. They have a sibling, and and so they can get the idea of giving space, being responsible to mm. you, accommodate other, someone else. You know the kind of things that people say single children don't get. Our kids are already getting those. Would they get more of that with a with a little baby? Maybe for sure. But I think there are so many other ways to teach your kids to be kind and caring and to be responsible to other people than than doing the most expensive thing you could possibly do <laughs> with your life. <laughs> I think we've done a good job with giving context to where we are at this decision at the moment. The one thing that we haven't spoken about yet is your age. Now, I say that... I was going to say the one thing is, what do we want? What do you... Ex- <laughs> it's like, what, what do we want? Wait, which side of the fence are we on in this conversation? I think it's... I think it's so clear. <laughs> I think that is very clear where we, what side of the world of the decision we are on. But because now that you are 36, um, there's, diff- you have, there's been more talk coming from you about the idea that time is becoming a little bit more of an imperative. Yeah. Like this is not a decision that we can put off for another decade. Definitely not. Um, or five years. Even though, like we talk about all the time, there are women who fall pregnant well into their late 40s. Yeah. Right? It, and yes, those are rare, but it's not impossible. Def- and definitely, in, it's a lot more common in your early 40s. And and, and so we would still have five years <laughs> then to play around with. But, but you are feeling the kind of idea of a bi- biological clock starting to come through a bit yeah definitely i mean again for context i never thought that i'd only have two children 
I think that's, I mean, I don't even think we thought we'd only have two children, right? We never really spoke about it. No, that that, that is impossible. I struggle to believe. I really feel like we'd never, I, I feel like I would have known if we had spoken about it, or at least I can't remember speaking about it. So it couldn't have been that important to me, but I can't imagine me going, yeah, I want to have three kids. Um, hmm. Especially considering that we got married just around the 2008 financial crisis. So the idea of us ever having children at all would have been scary for me, let alone more than two. Yeah, I, I had always thought growing up that I was going to have three or four kids. Like that was very much... And I did that cheesy thing of writing all their names, potential names, and like in the margins and, of and my we're not books. we're not going to tell you the names because we don't want you to steal them because they're good <laughs> names, right? There are some good names in there. But there's always four. It's always going to be two girls and two boys. And I mean, obviously, it's just, you know. Two girls and two yeah, boys. Yeah, <laughs> that was always what it was going to be. Always. Um, and obviously, life works out differently and it's totally fine and we have a great life. I think maybe that's the thing that's going to be really interesting like we're not lacking anything we're in a good place i i i totally acknowledge that i'm not there's no rational reason where it's like we need to have a baby i get that but i also can't i can't quieten the worry or the concern that this is going to be my big my big regret that we didn't you know give it a go does that does that make sense yeah, not and, sense necessarily, but <laughs> it makes zero sense. Yeah, uh, no, I think, and I think that's what scares me is that ultimately, as we get to the end point of making this decision, either way, that's always going to play such a huge role. So, no matter what context we give, mm-hmm. no matter what reasonable information we take in, no matter what you know logical arguments i provide <laughs> it there will always be that sense of what if i regret it later yeah um, and realistically that'll mostly come from you but mm-hmm. i mean that uh, now that i think about it there's no reason to, to, there's nothing saying that i won't feel like that yeah in 10 years time so what do we do <laughs> i know i mean what do we do i guess how do you logical way through a con this through a decision that you know as as i'm sure we're gonna hopefully come to con- like come to determine there is no logical way to say yes to this there's no logical reason yeah we have it everything doesn't we meet need. the climate conversation it doesn't meet the economic conversation it doesn't meet the our current context conversation yeah it we're, we're very happy mm. where we're at like you're saying there's nothing that we feel we're lacking there's not a whole in the mental family that needs to be filled. No. At least not for mm. me. <laughs> Maybe I'm speaking yeah, out of turn for I you. No, I mean, I mean, no, I mean, we have a wonderful family dynamic, but I do wonder, like, was there supposed to be one more little seat to the table? Like, was, is there, is there someone missing? We have two cats. We can give them seats at the table. <laughs> 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 no, I don't want to, I don't want to become TikTok famous for being a crazy cat lady. <laughs> Okay, so to end, let's just talk about that child in that seat. Because I would love to know what you have <laughs> in your mind. You're seeing us sitting around a dining room table. Mm. There's Liam. Mm-hmm. He is so excited by the food. <laughs> and he's wanting all of us to taste the food I as well. Know. Because he wants to share the food with us. Mm-hmm. 
there's Eli who is only keen to eat the food because he made the food with me. Mm-hmm. And that's why he's excited to, to taste the food. Next to Eli, baby X, child yeah. X. What is this child? What are you seeing in your mind? I don't, I mean, I, I don't, I mean, okay, I'd be lying if I didn't say that it I saw a little girl. girl. <laughs> we all saw that Which coming. Which is also my worry because it's just, I just know that if we are, this is going to end up being a boy, but um, if we end up going to be another boy, but I, I, yeah, I just see like this, like us laughing at this little baby that just creates chaos, has us sleep deprived, but brings us so much joy all of us and like absolutely doted on by these two big brothers um who you know have her wrapped around their little fingers um that is honestly what i see in what is understandably the very romanticized version of the story so i i get that i get that um but i i don't know maybe it's like i don't i don't know i I, it's interesting because there's very few women I know who felt like this who haven't gone on to have a third or a fourth. Most of my friends, if I'm honest, don't. They were like, nope, my, it is like, it is done. I feel finished. I don't want another baby ever. Like, I can't think of anything worse because than going back. That's one of my other fears is that you we would have baby number three and then six years of the baby number three, he'd be like, you know what we need? <laughs> Now that I'm in my 40s, my 40s I feel like more. I can do this. We should try <laughs> baby number three. Can we reverse oh. that? I mean, the baby number four. Can we reverse that vasectomy that you had the day I fell pregnant? Can you? Can we? Can <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I exact. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I want to explore that more. I want to understand the sense of this, like the yearning for a baby, the yearning to be pregnant again to have a small baby to breastfeed to like is that just because my hormones are out of whack like is it as simple as that or all i, I do have friends i don't i don't feel like as a man i can no, comment on enough, that but like i don't i have a few friends who've been through that and therefore for friends who share this biological this yearning to kind of have another member of their family have another baby whether it's biological through adoption but feel like their families are incomplete They've either gone on to have another baby or some of our friends with the bigger age gaps. That was the reason. Um, or they're still in that place. Like I haven't had anyone really solve it for me. They were like, and then I did X and I actually felt totally at peace about it. And these aren't women who are just discontent with life. You know, these are like, I'm not discontent with life. It's this particular thing that I can't quite get out of my head. And um, is it a physical yearning as well? I see... When I see my pregnant friends, I am overjoyed and desperately sad that it's not me. And when I see little babies or friends with babies, I am overjoyed for the friends and want to help and desperately miss that when that baby fusses and needs to be fed, it's not my baby and I'm not doing the feeding. So it's also, it's a huge part of it is having a third child, as in adding a third child Mm -hmm. to the family. But it's also the experience of having a third child. It's the pregnancy. It's having a fussy baby. It's 
it's seeing the baby it's breastfeeding it's it's all of those things it's having people yeah. hopefully who have asked permission come and hold your belly or touch yeah. your belly you know like it's all of that it's seeing it's it's taking photos of yourself every mm. every month to see how your how your how mm. the baby's growing in your womb it's going for all of the scans mm-hmm. it's seeing your baby's heart hearing your baby's heartbeat for the first time seeing yeah. your baby's face for the first time all of those things exactly it's it's also that experience you're yearning for so yes not just the person yes i think it's both Oh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> well, what are we going to do? <laughs> what are we going to do? <laughs> That's it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening in. As always, this is our story, so everything applies to us, but might not apply to you. And in fact, we would love to hear about the things that do apply to you and about your story. So, tell us about how you came to the decision to have your next child or whether or not you're grappling with this issue yourself. Send us your thoughts to afrodaddyct at gmail.com. Or get hold of us on Instagram or the gram, like the cool people call it. <laughs> <laughs>